All right, this is Mike Ward, and I am the defensive coordinator, Perrysburg High School, physical education teacher at Woodland Elementary. I'm inside the hive. There it is, Coach Ward. <laughs> He's arrived. All right, I'm Grace Swanson, and uh, this is season two, episode two of Inside the Hive. We've got special guest, Coach Ward, today. Yes. Very excited. I'm very excited for this episode. I'm upset I didn't make season one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, that was not on us. We were not involved in that situation. You got to call your big friend Joel. Every time I see Joel, I yeah. bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We're better than he yes, was. Yes, we are. So it's okay. All right. You want to open it up, Sam? Oh, yes, I can. All right. Let's do this. You know, the main point is, Coach, you around football a lot. So... In our day, football has changed very much. But back in your day when the dinosaurs roamed, I know you're still wearing the leather caps and everything, but what was it like playing football back in your time? <laughs> what was it like? <laughs> yeah. A little different. <laughs> yeah, but it we was. Might, we might throw 12 passes in a season and uh, had to run the ball a lot, couldn't use your hands, could not extend your arms. So your elbows had to be bent. We did a lot of individual drill work as offensive linemen, grabbing our jerseys to keep our hands in tight. It wasn't until my senior year in college did they allow us to extend our hands and use our hands. So that was like uh, the best invention ever. So uh, the game has changed a lot. It was a, a lot of two-back, a lot of eye-back uh, teams, uh, you know, Really, there were n very few one-back sets um, at, at that time. It wasn't until probably my second, third year of coaching did, did that become a, a, a popular institution. You know, my, my first year as coaching, full-time coaching, we, we had a one-back check. You know, everything was two-back, 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 two-back. They come out in one-back, and we had a one-back check that we went to. So, you know, it was like, you know, three times a season you would see one back in the backfield. You know, so the game the game was different. You know, uh, not very high-scoring games. Uh, defense was uh, was pretty uh, pretty vanilla. And, uh, you know, it was line up and, and, and get after it. You know, you'd run a tall sweep. You'd run ISO. Uh, you'd run a little a little trap. And, and, and every now and then you'd throw the ball. How are you able to adapt from going from that I formation, two back set, and then being able to coach a spread formation now and dealing with all these spread teams, trying to spread out the field and throw it down the field? Well, Sam, <laughs> you know, it's been a couple of years. Nobody. Uh, you know, <laughs> this just didn't happen overnight. You know? <laughs> I understand you know, that. Somebody didn't, didn't write a book, and all of a sudden everybody, uh, you know, <laughs> read the book and said, okay, we're going to go to the spread. So it, it, it changed you know, progressively over, over time. And uh, and the game has changed, and, and you have to change. But it's still it's still about blocking and tackling and, and leveraging the football. I mean, the tackling has changed so much. And, uh, you know, angles to the football. You know, it used to be, you know, break down on everything, come to balance, throttle, you know, shimmy, buzz your feet, whatever you want to say. You know, it's changed now. It's changed so much. You know, the speed of the game, uh, spreading the field vertically, 
and horizontally has, has completely changed. And, and so, you, yeah, you have to adapt, uh, you know, but, but it was a progressive change over time. I think uh, that was one of my biggest changes coming from the junior high and playing at the varsity level and under, under you as my coach. Uh, I remember in – it was the summer camp when you were teaching us to run to the hip and not break down. That was I, – I remember being shocked at that because I had been teaching my entire life to get there, break down, come to balance, and make the tackle. But the way you taught it was different, and it took a little bit of learning to change. You know, and, 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 and again, that's that's probably happened in the last – Eight to ten years. Yeah. You know, we did we did a couple studies uh, when I was at Illinois and then also at Toledo on missed tackles in the NFL. How did they happen? When or more so explosive plays in the NFL, and it always happened on lost leverage plays. And out of all those lost leverage plays, the guy at the point of attack had had his shoulders turned to the sidelines, and the ball crossed his face. And, uh, you know, so that became kind of the the rule of thumb, you know. And, and you watch, you you go to NFL practices, you go to – and you turn on games on, on, on Sunday in NFL, and defensive players very seldom have their shoulders turned. They're, they uh, stay square and uh, are parallel to the line of scrimmage as much as possible. It's one of the – the game changes, even DB, like I was always been taught my whole life to look and lean on a fade ball, look him out. But now even this year I've been taught this year to look inside, play that back shoulder ball, and come to balance and play through the hands. It's funny how, like, I'm experiencing now at the DB position, the game changing. Oh, yeah. You know, and a, a, a lot of that has to do, too, with TV coverage. You, know, you hear these guys say all the time, if they don't look back at the ball, it's pass interference. Well, they teach those guys to play through the hands in the NFL, play through the hands. You know, you don't have to look back at the ball. Now, you have to be in proper position to play through the hands. What happens is they get beat and they panic. They have to close the distance down, then the guy slows down, yeah. and then they they run into him, you know, and, and, you know, everyone says, oh, he didn't look back, he didn't look back. No, he was out of position. He panicked and initiated the contact. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. that last year. <laughs> When? Oh, we can't talk about it. No, anyway, it <laughs> sucks. We're not bringing them up anymore. All right. Well, we do have big opponent in Whitmer this week. This, uh, by the time this comes out, you think it'll be out before Whitmer? All right. Well, then we still have big opponent Whitmer this week. It's a big game, not only for um, playoff points, but for the NLL. NFL. This is this is a big, big game. Uh, what are your thoughts on everything going into this this game? Toledo Whitmer is a very good football team. They're very balanced uh, offensively. They they love to run the ball, but they can throw the ball. And they're going to take their shots deep. You know, they've got a quarterback that's uh, experienced. He's a veteran. You know, even though he's a junior, he's played a lot of football. He's got a strong arm. He, he commands the game uh, and can run the ball. Uh, and and they've got a very very physical offensive line. So uh, you know, it's it's going to be. From the defensive standpoint, it's going to be a tremendous challenge. You know, on the other side of the ball, they play really good defense. And, uh, you know, special teams and, and turnovers 
are, are going to are going to play a very very important part in this game. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I agree. You got anything bad on that, Sam? No, no. They don't sure try to take their shots, but you know, you know who's over there, baby? Sam the Watson. <laughs> we practice all day with Coach Ward on. I'm sure they're listening to this. I, I hope they are. I hope they are. Uh huh. All right, Coach Ward, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's where you grew up at, where you went to college, all that kind of stuff. Well, back when the dinosaurs roamed, according yep. to you guys, no. I'm I'm from Mansfield, Ohio, originally, Lexington High School, and uh, I I went to Georgetown College in Kentucky. At the time, was a Division two school, and then became a NAIA Division one school because football was changing, uh, conferences were forming, um, Division two, II, Division three schools. They were they were they were moving around quite a bit and. And when I played there, we were in, at the time, was the Ohio Heartland, or not the Ohio Heartland Conference, the Heartland Conference in Ohio, Ashland, was the only member of that conference. Uh, Georgetown, Kentucky was in the conference. Evansville, Indiana was in the conference. Franklin College uh, used to be Indiana Central. It's now Indianapolis was in the conference. Butler University, Valparaiso University was in the conference. Um, and then uh, they allowed Kentucky Wesleyan to come into conference. And, and at the time, it was all a Division two. It was a nice little eight-team Division two conference. I'm sorry, St. Joseph's, Indiana, was also in the, in the, in the conference. And, uh, and then after my senior year, that conference, my first year as a grad assistant, that conference disbanded, and so Georgetown – went NEIA uh, and they formed a NEIA conference with Cumberland University, Union Kentucky, uh, and they kept adding adding uh, football on there, Lindsey Wilson, uh, all these all these schools in Kentucky and West Virginia started started uh, going scholarship but not NCAA scholarship. So so the, it was an NEIA conference that, that had that had scholarships, so uh, so I, I I played there, uh, and then I stayed on uh, as a grad assistant right there, and, and that's that's what started my my coaching career. I was a GA there for two seasons, and then I got hired at the at the University of Finley. I worked there for six years, and I went from Finley to Bowling Green. I worked at I worked at BGSU for seventeen years. Went up to Toledo for three. Went to the University of Illinois for four and came back to Toledo um, before I started my high school coaching career. All right, quite the journey. It is. Uh -huh. Yeah, but I, I spent all but all but really four years of my coaching career was in Northwest Ohio yeah. mm -hmm. with BG Toledo twice, and then then here at Perrysburg and, and, and Bowling Green. Life of a college coach. Yeah. Yeah. Toledo BG's playing. Who you rooting for? Right now, Toledo. Wow, wow. Right now, what does that mean? That hurts. No, I no. It it just you know. <laughs> I still have some uh, quite a few players that I recruited that are on that roster that I, I kind of feel yeah you know feel loyalty to. Mm -hmm. uh, 
my daughter, my youngest daughter is doing an internship in their director of football operations office up there. So I, I, I feel have a have a loyalty there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, sure, I spent 17 years at at BG, but that you know, my last season at, at Bowling Green, I, I want to say it was 2007, 2008. So that was a while yeah. back. How old were you, Sam, at I was that three time? Three years old, baby. Okay. All right. Barely even born. Okay. Barely. Didn't even know how to walk, probably. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> so when you, uh, the difference, I guess my question would be the difference between, say, Finley, coaching at Finley and then going all the way up to Illinois, Illinois being a much bigger school, um, what, what were the biggest differences that you noticed? Well, let me put it this way, and you're going to think I'm crazy with this answer, but it's all relative. It's it's all relative, mm-hmm. you know. When I, I was at Bowling Green, what's the big rival game? Toledo. Toledo. When I was at Toledo, what's the big rival game? Bowling Green. When I was at Illinois, big rival games Northwestern. And here at Perrysburg, big rival game Anthony Wayne. It's all relative, mm-hmm. you know. You you beat your rival. There's not a higher high in the world. You lose to your rival. There's not a lower low in the world it's all it's all relative and uh football players are football players i don't care what level they're at they want to get better they want you to help them get better and that's the i guess the philosophy that i've i've had i i I don't care i don't care if i'm wearing lime green coaching shirt or or a black or an orange or or a midnight blue and gold It, it doesn't matter Coaching is coaching. It's teaching, and it's putting your players in the best position so that they can help your team win. And, you know, you're, you're trying to get guys to buy in. It's the greatest team game there is. And, you know, n- not to go off on, the, on, a, on a wild tangent, but today's society is such a selfish, self-promoting society and we're coaching, or I'm coaching, and you guys are playing the greatest team game that there is. And we're trying to teach you to buy in to a team concept. And everybody's telling you, you need stats, you need this, you need that, you need it. And we're trying to trying to get you to buy into, hey, we can't we can't win unless we have eleven on on every play. And uh, you know, so that's that's the challenge, and and that's how I approach it. You know. And it was the same thing at Toledo, same thing at Bowling Green, same thing at Illinois, same thing at Finley. Man, you got you're trying to get the best eleven players on the field and uh, put them in position every every single snap and coach them on what they need to do. That's a great answer. I have a question for you. So, when did like your collegiate collegiate career did you know that you want to be like I want a GA, I want to start coaching, I want to go into this profession? Well, I, when I when I went to school, I I knew I wanted to get into education. Both my mom and dad were in education. My dad was a coach. Uh, my my mom was a teacher, and I knew I wanted to do that. And the opportunity, I I, I did my student teaching, and I was a student coach. Um, I did my student teaching at at the junior high level, and at that at that time, I was student teaching junior high students and then I was coaching college students and I was having a lot more fun coaching college students than I was 
teaching junior high students, and I said, "Man, I I want to I want to ride this wave as long as I can." And the opportunity came up to where I could get my my master's degree paid for, and I stayed right on and and never looked back. You know, and yeah. uh, and um, you know, and the years just run into each other. You know how it is. I mean, next thing you know, guys, it's it's going to be Sam. It's going to be your senior night. You know, a year from now, I mean, Gray, I can't tell you how fast it goes. And years just, they, they just, they just roll one into the other into the other. You know, the faces and the names change, but what you're teaching and trying to accomplish doesn't. And it just, it just continues one into the other into the other. If you had to go back and coach, like, power five level, where can you really recruit the best? I always hear my dad say, like, he can't recruit Florida because he doesn't know the ins and outs like he does Texas. So if you had to go back and, like, recruit anywhere, where would you be, like, the best recruiting-wise? Like, where do you still have connections the most? Probably here in northwest Ohio, yes. But uh, the really the, the whole state of Indiana and the Chicago area, you know, I spent probably 22 – you know, 24 years, you know, recruiting that area. You know, I, I think I could walk into any high school here in Northwest Ohio and they would know who I am. And I, I could do the same in Indianapolis. I could do the same thing in the Fort Wayne area. I could do the same thing up in the region, which is the Maribel, Gary, Indiana area. And, and I still have, still have, you know, strong ties in Chicago. I have, have coaches that, that, that I stay in touch with quite a bit. Awesome. Awesome. I love, you know, this is, I don't know how to put this so far. I'm very, I'm really enjoying these answers. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting wiser. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, so I'm, I'm mean? not going to respond to that. You're at rock bottom grade with your intelligence. What are you really talking about, Sam? You, you want to talk to me about intelligence. All right, man. I'm just saying facts. I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not even going to get into it. I'm not even going to get into it. You try to sell me a Mikey tech last episode. Yeah, and it would have worked. Yeah, it would. Anyway, um, so I think the last two years, um, our team at Perrysburg, uh, we've been very tightly knit, the players and the coaches. So uh, I was wondering, uh, what did you, what do you miss the most about last year's team? Winning eleven straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was that was good. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. Player-wise, let's say relationship-wise, who who do you miss the most? <laughs> Put him on the spot like that. No. I'll say no, no, no. It's not like it's not like that. It's like it's like just in general, like the relationships with players. Let me answer it this way. Great, you know, recruiting Northwest Ohio, uh, and you go into high schools and you hear people talk and this, that, and the other, and. And I, and I guess the label that I was always led to believe is that Perrysburg athletes were soft, were spoiled, and, you know, were never, ever, ever tough. And, you know, when when it came down to it, would, wouldn't compete, you know, and when, when things got tough. And that was always, always the persona that, that 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 we were led to believe you know um they, they were spoiled they were coddled they were you know just didn't know how to get down and dirty 
football-wise, okay? And my three seasons here, or two and a half here, I've, I've had the best time coaching that, that I've ever had because everyone has not been selfish. They've been selfless. In other words, they've put the team before themselves, and that's really enjoyable. I've, there has not been any any situation come up where uh, players have questioned what we are doing. You know, I, I can't believe we're doing that. That's not going to work. This and more, you know, you know, there, there's yet to be a confrontation on that, and, and I think it's because we're doing things the right way. Obviously, we're having some success, and and I, I think the, the buy-in uh, and, and the label that I was led to believe about Perrysburg athletes is, is as far from the truth as, as can be. So I've, I've had a blast all three seasons coaching. So what did you think when you heard all that stuff about the, the labels of Perrysburg ath- athletes? When you were offered the job here, did that sway you anyway? What, what were your thoughts on that? No, it, no, it, I, when, when I was offered the job here, I, I knew I was going to, I knew I was going to, I, I had already made a decision in my mind that I was going to do anything and everything I could to get the job. And, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't pursue other, other opportunities because I, I thought that we could, we could do a good job here. Had you known Coach Connor? Before? Yeah, I, I had worked with Coach Connor for one one season, and uh, you know, kind of the way the way that happened. You know, I I'm not saying I I could have, would have, or should have, but I I didn't pursue when Coach Connor accepted the job. I was I was teaching and coaching at Bowling Green with him. I did not pursue the Bowling Green job because I wanted to come to Perrysburg and. And you know, over over time, I you know, I I've got I've known I've known Coach Kriegel since golly, 1992. It was it was his second semester of his senior year when I got hired at Bowling Green. So I've known Coach Kriegel that long, you know. And obviously, you know, this wasn't his first coaching job. So, you know, I've you know, I've followed him and, and I've known him. We stay in touch. And, you know, I, I feel we're pretty good friends. And, uh, you know, I knew that he was doing a great job here. And, uh, you know, I, I knew it wasn't going to be walking in and starting from square one. You know, it was going to be walking in and, and taking this thing and, and running with it. Speaking about friends, you know, Jerry Glenville always shows up at our practices. And how did you become so close with as you are with Coach Glenville? <laughs> what game was it last year? It might have been the Finley game. Playoff or regular season? Regular season game. And uh, I, 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 I forget what I did. Uh, maybe I went in to the training room to get ice for my Mountain Dew, and, and I come walking back through the locker room into this room, go into the staff room, and I opened the door, and everyone screamed, "There he is!" And I and I look, and I I thought they were playing a joke on me or something like this. This is like a, an hour and a half before the game, and uh, and I look up, and there's Coach Glanville, 
and you know, and he, you know, he had walked in the door totally unannounced and wanted to know who the defensive coordinator was, and you know, and you know, so I shook his hand. I'd never met him before. I knew who he was and knew of him, and and uh, and uh, that kind of took, you know, you know, we we just kind of, kind of, you know, took the ball and ran with it from there. You know, he's become a he's become a close friend, and uh, you know, I respect him so much he's he's forgotten more football than i will ever know and uh and he's he's awesome to have around and is a, is a great great resource that to, to have in and then to use jay glanville um he's he you know he's he's a Perrysburg legend he knew my uh my grandpa's brother so he always makes comments to me about him i have to fill his shoes here's <laughs> Here's the story on Coach Glanville. All right. First time I ever saw him in person was, I want to say it was the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. I was coming back from the National Coaches Convention. My wife and I, the convention was in San Antonio. And uh, we're sitting in the airport. We were connecting, uh, I think, in the Detroit at, at, at the time. And, and, uh, and I look up and... Here comes this guy walking down through the airport, all black, mm-hmm. big cowboy hat on, got his mirrored sh- shades on, and he's got a belt buckle on that's as big as your guy's computer. <laughs> and uh, he's walking, he's he's rolling his, his rolling luggage, and his wife's about 15, 20 feet behind him, and he's just strolling through the airport, only like Coach Glanville can walk, and, and uh, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, look at my wife. I said, look at this guy. <laughs> you know, this, that's that's Jerry Glanville, you know. And, you know, so I brought that story up to him. The very first time I met him, I said, Coach, I said, I, I first time I saw him, I said, I've never met you. I said, but I, uh, I said, the only time I've seen you live and in person was at the airport walking through. I said, you had a belt buckle on that was – bigger than a football helmet and he laughed and he said yeah he said the owner of the Atlanta Falcons got him got him that uh, uh, belt buckle and they had all the NFL teams had their helmet on that he had coached for and uh, and it, it was he goes I still got it to this day and it's, it's I mean it was huge this friggin belt buckle was like that uh, <laughs> you know, it was like it was a WWE belt or something that's hilarious that's funny that's funny I sold Jerry Glenville a card one time our, our booster card. We had to go. <laughs> we were selling cards in Perrysburg. He knocked on his door. He came off shirtless. <laughs> he's like, it was me and Josh. And he's like, come on in. We came in his house and <laughs> he had a big whiteboard of football drawn up. <laughs> yeah, that's well, what <laughs> I was there for like 30 minutes. I was late actually. <laughs> Coming back. I remember that Coach Connor was not happy. <laughs> no, <laughs> he was not happy. He oh, was man. not. That was no. funny. No, he's great. He's great to have around. He he really is. He he, you know, he'll text he'll he'll text me, you know, <laughs> five times a day, every day of the week, and uh, and uh, you know, because he kind of gets bored with his time, and he he he's he's so sharp, for being eighty one years old, he is so sharp mentally, and he you know he works hard at staying, like you alluded to Sam on how the game is changing and stuff like that. He's you know he's he's staying in tune with us, and uh, you got he's coaching the CFL, the XFL, the USFL, the NFL, all, every college level. You know he's 
you know, he's he's seen it all, and uh, and uh, and it's 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 fun to sit down to talk football with him. Yeah, I remember the um, what was it, Rossford, Rossford oh, seven on seven. Yes, the Ross, that was hilarious. He showed up. He shows up to Rossford seven on seven. Comes down on the field. He's talking to all of us, and then we start beating him so bad. <laughs> he walks over to Rossford's side and started coaching their coaches yeah. and like tell like giving the giving the kids tips. He'd like pull them over like in between plays. He'd start like coaching them up. And he was like just talking to the coaches. It was so funny. That's all I. I that's I all I remember. I can't remember if it was a scrimmage or what we're doing. I think it might have been a scrimmage against St. John's when he came over and he was like playing center f- free safety. He came in just standing in the middle of the field like a free safety. <laughs> just walked over like a free safety. Posted up right uh, there in the middle of the field. Yep. All black. <laughs> yeah. All black. That's funny. Do you ever? Uh, Cause I know you guys. I, I you said you like went and drew plays on the whiteboard, talked football, whatever. Have you guys had had like a play date? A play date. <laughs> Gray, I I I a play date. Here's here's a here's a play date for you. Okay. The 4th of July, mm-hmm. all right? Yep. We invited him over to our house for a cookout. I was have, We were having a another friend of mine, a guy I coached with at the University of Toledo. He and his wife and kids were coming over, and he knows my friend really well. My friend coaches at Ottawa Hills right now. So, uh, And he had, he had kind of been around, had seen him at clinics and stuff, knew knew exactly who he was. My, my buddy – coached at Indiana and they brought coach Glanville in one time to clinic them on the defense staff. So he remembers all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I invite him over the 4th of July, knowing that he was home by himself. You know, he, he, he's taking care of his brother. His brother had been doing well. So that's why he's back in town. And, uh, well, he said, uh, he says, "Well, I'm I'm going to have to see see what I got going on, you know, this, that, and the other." I said, "I said, well, I said, uh, Coach George and his family are coming over." He said, "What time is this going to be?" You know, he didn't he didn't care about me and my family. He's like, he's like, I can get two football coaches together on the Fourth of July. So he shows up to my house. All right, we got to cook. I got the grill going, the smoker going, everything going, and he shows up with a notebook and a pen. You know. <laughs> He said, guys, I know it's the 4th of July and you want to spend time with your families and relax. He said, but give me 30 minutes of football. <laughs> <laughs> and we sat there and we talked football for 30 minutes. And uh, he looked at his watch. He said, okay, all right. And he hung out for about another hour or so and then, then took off. But it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's got more stories than, than, than you, can, you can imagine. Yeah. And, uh, That's funny. I think Coach Glanville wanted me to tell you to, like, blitz me like Dion. I think that's what he said. I don't think that's what he I said. Think he, said <laughs> he wants me to blitz me. <laughs> he wants you to blitz me like Dion does. <laughs> I, th- I think that's a, that was what his words were. No. <laughs> I think his words were, tell Sam never look back when he's in man coverage. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Um, So you, like you said earlier, uh, gym teacher, 
at Woodland. <laughs> Woodland. And um, I've heard about many of your games through you. And I've, <laughs> obviously, I've seen you in the Cookie Monster outfit <laughs> last year. That, that was a great day. Really, really brought my spirits up. I know the team loved it, too. So um, what, what goes on at Woodland that makes it such a special experience for the kids? Well, I see the students one day a week. So there's roughly 560 students, 565 students there. I see them one day a week, and it's they have 45 minutes with me. So I want to make sure that it's 45 minutes in the day that they're going to remember and mm-hmm. talk about. Mm-hmm. So, But at the same time, you know, teach them, you know, skills that they need, you know, because these are, again, these are kindergartner, first, second, third, fourth graders. They need to learn how to throw, catch, kick, run, skip, all the stuff. Um, I I teach them, and I I spend a lot of time on teamwork, cooperation, collaboration, communication. In other words, you know, breaking them of hopefully all their selfish habits because they a lot of times haven't been told no in their life, and I want. I, you know, I want them to understand that in a class of 25, they're not the most important person in this class. Everyone is. So uh, everyone participates. Everyone gets equal reps. And it's it, it, we have fun. We have fun, you know. And sure, at Halloween, I dress up. Christmas time, I'm always Santa Claus, and they absolutely love it. And, the, you know, the first year, they had no idea who it was. They had no idea. <laughs> No idea, and I got kids running all over the place. Ah, it's you know, Santa, 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 <laughs> coming up, and then all of a sudden, this little boy says, "That is Mr. Ward. I see his Nikes." <laughs> 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 and so the cat got out of the bag real quick. But sure, they they loved Cookie Monster last year just as much as you guys did. <laughs> that was awesome. It was. Cookie Monster. What a time. That was great. Oh, man. Um, so what does a normal day look like for you? A normal day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these tough questions, Sam. I, know. <laughs> I get up at I, I get up at noon. I go to work at 1.30, and uh, then I come to football. <laughs> no. That's it? No. I'm, I'm, believe it or not, I'm, I, I'm up every morning at at 5:30, usually 5:15, 5:30, and uh, we got we got a dog at the house that's unbelievable. She's awesome. Uh, it's a golden doodle. Uh-huh. Her name is Madden because it's she. It's a, obviously a girl. Mm-hmm. We wanted a football name, and uh, I wanted to name her Star, but my wife <laughs> said no. That's a stripper's name. So, <laughs> so, so we named her Madden, obviously after John Madden. Mm-hmm. It's Madden Ruski Ward. The Ruski is Fumble Ruski. Mm-hmm. So it's Madden Ruski Ward, and she's awesome. And so I, I get up every morning, 5.30. First thing I do is I feed her, have have a quick cup of coffee as I, I take her outside. And then I, I every morning I, I, I have a, a workout regimen I do at home. And uh, and then I'm in the shower, and I'm, I'm at the I'm, – I'm at Woodland – usually between 7, 7.15 every morning. And uh, I use that time to to finalize any of the football stuff I need to do. 
and I do that from you know seven fifteen to about eight thirty. Then from eight thirty on, it's all all schoolwork. So uh, you know the kids don't come in the building till till uh, eight fifty. So uh, I get everything done, and uh, you know it, it gives me twenty minutes to set up the gym, and and we're rolling. So uh, so kind of go from there, and then I go from there. I, I I mean I come right here. You know you guys see me walking in every day and. And then when I get home, and then I, I start, I start scripting, start carding for, for the next day's practice. And uh, what I don't finish that night, I, I finish first thing in the morning. I always email with them, to the rest of the coaches so they know, you know, they they get an idea on what, you know, exactly what we're what plays we're running, what the call's going to be, order and and stuff like that. So, you know, what's our what's your favorite celebration that the defense does? Because the defense, we do have a lot of celebrations that we do as a team-wise. We pulled all of them out during our seven-on-seven seven periods back in the summer. But what was your favorite one that we ever pulled out? If you remember them. Sam, you think I really looked at those? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, no. We spent a lot of time I, and effort in let me, let me put it this way. I enjoy that you guys are celebrating, all right? And I made a very, 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 very – valid point that you will celebrate after every takeaway mm-hmm. and because those that don't won't play <laughs> all right but as long as it's legal and doesn't draw a penalty i want you guys to do whatever you want to do <laughs> and it's not my job to judge or rate what you're doing it's my job to enjoy <laughs> and, but when it happens I, my mind's already on the next series or the next play or the next the next situation. So I let you guys – that's your time. That is your time. That's not my time, you know. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, because if, it, if that becomes my time, then then we're controlling too much. Does that make sense? Yeah. We spent a lot of time on those. No, and, 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 and you yeah. should. And that's, what, that's what's fun about it. And I think that's what Coach Connor allows you guys to do you know, sure, we when when it's time to go, it's time to go. But when it's time for you guys to have fun, it's time for you guys to have fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess that's what makes it so enjoyable. I mean, you know, I, I, I would much rather, I, I, I would much rather, uh, you know, do that than, than, you know, you know, say, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You know, you know, you know, you know, very, very few rules, you know, but the standard and the expectations that that groundwork has been laid. So, you know, you guys have fun within the framework of what we're, you know, asking it to do. And, you know, everyone's happy. Yeah. That's good. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, this is a another good question we've got for you. Who is your favorite football player of all time? Favorite football player of all time would probably have to be two. Okay. Growing up, it was Alan Page. He was a defensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. It was phenomenal. Played at Notre Dame, and that was always my dream school. And uh, he was also a lawyer, and now a, if I'm not mistaken is a chief justice or not a chief just what do they call it a a justice uh, 
not a Supreme Court justice, but in the state of Minnesota, he's a on there state Supreme Court. There you go. And uh, he, I, he was always an idol of mine. Uh, but I had the opportunity. I worked at the University of Illinois to meet Dick Butkus, and wow, 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 wow. You talk about a humbling uh, experience, you know. First time I met him, I shook his hand. His hand was unbelievable. I mean, it was huge. And he looks like he could still play. And, hell, he was, at that time, probably 70 years old. And, uh, you know, I called him Mr. Butkus. You know, I was coaching linebackers there. Mr. I said, hi, Mr. Butkus. He goes, don't call me Mr. Butkus. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, Mr. Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, but I, I had the opportunity to have lunch with him, and oh my God, it was unbelievable. But I always idolized just how hard he played, and you know, the, you talk about the game changing. I mean, things that he did back in that day, you know, you know, the you know, you'd get arrested for doing that now, <laughs> and uh, he's uh, was phenomenal, and being able to spend spend some time with him was was priceless awesome see i like i like these answers i think these are great these are great i'm really enjoying this um let's think all right this might be the most important question you've had all day <laughs> all right here we go when you make yourself a peanut butter oh, no. and jelly sandwich <laughs> do you go heavy on the peanut butter or heavy on the jelly I don't make peanut exactly. butter and jelly sandwiches, exactly. but but I love peanut butter. Peanut All right, butter. Craig, I would much rather I would much rather put peanut butter on bananas than I would on bread. Okay. Okay. Peanut butter on banana. So, would you make yourself a piece of toast and put some? You ever try Nutella? No. I yeah I've had peanut butter toast, but and and I'm peanut talking butter with, and with jelly toast with the banana. No. 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 No, no toast. Can't you tell oh, by my figure I eat very little <laughs> bread? Do you try, like, Nutella? You need to try some Nutella. Yeah, but that's a little bit too much sugar in it, Sam. Yeah. Oh, you, Come you, on, you Sam. Burn, you burn it off. I, trust me. I see you out there doing your sprints. You burn them off. <laughs> well, I mean your sprints. I mean your wobbling that you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's funny. What do you think we should do for the um, the ranking? The rank it today. What's <laughs> it called? To you, buddy. What's it called? It's not rank it. What is it? It is rank it. Rank it. Rank it. That's right. It's a uh, little segment that we stole from Jack and Joel. That uh, we give you a topic and you've got to give us your top five. Oh, I got one. <laughs> rank it. College football teams right now. There you go. <laughs> no, you could do that. College do that. football teams right now. Rank. The top five, who, who I feel is the top yeah, five yeah. college football teams right now. I would think number one is Georgia. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I would say number two right now is probably Florida State. Three is probably Texas. Four is probably, wow, tough between Oregon in Utah, I love Utah. And then Ohio State, right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I can agree with I'm that. Like my, it, my, my dad's a big Florida State 
big. He loves Florida State. I actually don't even know why. Florida I hate Florida State, <laughs> but I but they've got a good they've got a rolling down there right now. Mike Norvell, my dad coached with him at ASU. Yep. Uh, I know Mike Norvell. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That's pretty cool. What happened to Alabama, man? Dude, I'm serious. The portal happened, bro. That's what happened. The portal happened in Alabama. Can't keep stacking, you know. You, you don't get can't keep stacking like they did. All the talent spread out. It's true. You know, I I you know I don't really care because never been a big Alabama fan. But I mean, I just feel bad for them. I don't. I don't. Disperse so quickly. Maybe. Yeah, you I what? Mean, they're still a top twenty-five team. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying. I just like, guess Nick Saban ain't Kirby Smart. Just <laughs> 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 Oh boy, that's funny. I think we should stick with. Um, we'll give we'll give you a uh, a good a good ranking, like we usually do. We'll, was that we'll not do, a good ranking? No, that was a good ranking. That was a good ranking. But like, it's usually a, a a good. It's a fun, you know, not not on topic topic. What's that? I was just gonna ask. Mm, not really, not really. Not movie yeah, guy. they had like they had like I do. I black I, and whites back in like the cranked ones. Like I I walkers. I enjoy a good movie, but I don't I don't go out to it. Go out to them. I'm 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 a big Law and Order. Mm-hmm. I'm a big uh, Chicago PD. <laughs> I'm a big uh, what's the other one? Uh, Jeopardy, I feel like you like Jeopardy. No, I used to be, but it hasn't hasn't been on. Is the uh, oh my goodness, what's the one on? The Good Doctors, a great series. I, I'm uh, I'm a big 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 one of that. So uh, kind of those series. So uh, yeah, sweet, we can get that. Let's what? Ooh, that would be good. What would we say? Yeah, we'll say college level, top five. Players that you've coached, we'll say based based on skill. Based on skill, well, I coached a really good nose guard when I was at Bowling Green by the name of Brandon Hicks. Played for the Indianapolis Colts for about four seasons. Um, Coached a young man by the name of Dyrell Briggs Briggs, uh, when I was at uh, Bowling Green. Played for the Green Bay Packers the last time they won the, the Super Bowl, and uh, he was a, a very very dominant pass rusher, and uh, was was a was a very very good player. Uh, coached the outstanding, really two outstanding linebackers when I was at Toledo the first time. A guy by the name of Danny Moles uh, played, I think, uh, two seasons with the Steelers. Uh, Undersized, hard-nosed linebacker, just a phenomenal player. And then uh, Aaron Donald's older brother, Archie Donald, was a linebacker for me at uh, at Toledo. Was a was a was a geez, he was a big 250-pound Mike linebacker. So we moved him to Will, and boy, he That's was a a, and uh, he was uh, he was he was a good player. And then when I was at Illinois, we had geez, I had. Uh, uh, a really good linebacker there uh, by the name of first one was Jonathan Brown. JB was was from Memphis originally, and he 
he kind of toiled around in, in the NFL between the uh, the Cowboys and the Cardinals and the Bears, and uh, he was he was a probably the most instinctive football player I've ever been around. We just couldn't get him couldn't get him focused all the time, um, locked in. And then I had I had two really good uh, linebackers, a kid from uh, Orville, Ohio, Mason Monheim. Was a was a phenomenal player, uh, overachiever. wasn't as fast, wasn't as tall, but was a was a great great player. And then, uh, oh, jeez, trying to think, trying to think, trying to think, trying to think. Uh, the other one probably would be would be uh, T.J. Neal, who uh, is still playing, still kind of playing in the. USFL and the XFL, whatever that those leagues are now, he's been playing, toying around in that. He was a he was a good, a really good player. Awesome. This is this is very informative. This is a good one. It's a good one. My dad's gonna love this one. <laughs> um, that uh that that made me think of a question. Uh, you're talking about the uh, undersized and uh, kind of the not as fast, not as big. Guys, um, that got me to thinking. What do you think is the most important attribute for a player to have at the collegiate level and professional level? Probably, <clears throat> it's and, and and it varies. It, it it you know, you know, instincts. You know, uh, obviously, speed, quickness, acceleration. All those things go. All those things go hand in hand, but uh, you know, you know, your your great players are so instinctive and so natural. You know, you 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 tell them once, and they they know it, they learn it, they they can do it. You know, it, you know, and I and I guess that's you know that's I think separates the the good from the great. You know, is is the innate abilities that they already possess you know sure you can get them stronger you can get them quicker you can get them a little bit more explosive things like that but still they've they've got to be able to get their eyes where they need to be and they have to be able to react and they have to be able to react under pressure Uh, and then they've got to be able to handle success they got to be able to handle all those things all those intangible things you know i don't know how you rank them Um, so this has <laughs> you could have asked him that's funny um so this has been a big deal, especially this year, the last few years for um for college everywhere uh the transfer portal and the especially with the n i l deals they're giving money to players, endorsements, and uh, all that kind of stuff. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Well, I really think it's ruining the college game. Now, um, I think when they wiped their hands clean of the transfer porthole and did not have not regulated that, it's just opened a whole new can of worms because. Your elite programs have recruiting staffs that do nothing but recruit transfers during the season. And uh, 
and I'm totally against that because you have coaches that are developing relationships with these kids and are teaching them, and, and they're getting better and getting better. And the better they get, the more DMs, the more text messages, the more phone calls they get. And uh, that's that's not the way I feel the college game should be. And on the NIL, I'm all for. I'm all for payers getting played. But I would think that they should get paid after they're there. Their endorsement deals should happen after they're there on campus. These guys are getting all this money up front before they've even played it down. And now the word on the street is that these guys are demanding money to even come on an official visit. They want to, you know, so it's it, it, it's out of control. I mean, guys are asking for $2,500 to come on a visit. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's completely out of hand. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I to be honest with you, the, one of the smartest things I heard is that they ought to, they ought to have bowl bonuses. Ought to be the NIL deal. Mm-hmm. You go to the Rose Bowl, you win the Rose Bowl, each player gets seventy five thousand dollars, or something. You know, that, you know, you want to get paid, you ought to get paid for your productivity, just like you do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You want to be a professional athlete then they need to structure it that way. That's my feeling. Yeah. Because I know I still have a lot of friends that are coaching college, and it's absolutely killing them. And it, it killed, you know, I was, you know, I, I, when, when, when I left the college game, you know, I, I, still, I still remember my dad, you know, God bless him. And, you know, he absolutely hated it because they would come up to visit, uh, they would come up on Thursday for a Saturday game. So, you know, they'd come up Thursday late afternoon, th- spend the night Thursday night, see the girls and, and hang out, you know, h- hang around all day Friday. And, you know, they they would run around to places and shop or go eat at their favorite restaurants and stuff like that, enjoy the game Saturday, and they'd go back on Sunday. But every time that I was at the house when they were there, I was on the phone, you know, because I was recruiting and, you know, if you're not texting, talking, DMing, you know, your recruits, somebody else's. And uh, and my it just drove my dad nuts. And, uh, you know, you know, he would be in the other room and uh, he was a little hard of hearing, but he he had a selective hearing. He wanted he, he heard what he wanted to hear mm-hmm. and he would be in the other room and he'd say it just loud enough. Is he ever going to put that damn phone down? And, you know, he would say it just loud enough that I would hear it. You know, it drove him nuts. You know, they came up to spend spend time, you know, with me and the family. And, and I was on the phone the whole time. And uh, and it's even worse now. It's 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 become worse now. Mm-hmm. It's killing the high school kids, too. Like, well, you go get a high school kid. Like you can get a kid three years in college. You're already adapted to do it. I mean, it's crazy taking scholarships from high school kids, giving it to all these D3, JUCO, D2, even small, minor group of five, D1s. From the top guys, the big schools take the frauds for the good kids. And now the smaller schools, they get signed. Yeah, I'm sure, Sam, your dad was really 
happy when their starting safety left and went to UCLA yeah. after he played a great game against UCLA, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my dad says all the time, he's like, yeah, be very careful before I take your players. It's like, the portal's just like, just plug and play. It's like, you go just, it's like stealing candy out here. I think that also puts the smaller schools at such a disadvantage where, I mean, you can, the bigger schools just have so much more money. You can, you can pay all these players to come and, to come and play for you. And it puts the smaller schools in a spot where they don't have that privilege and they can't pay players to come and play for them. So it just kind of, it sucks for the smaller schools, but I mean, it's good for the big schools, but it really sucks for the, the rich keep getting richer. Yeah. Yeah, learning about that in history right now. It's true. Was that one of your sayings, Coach Ward? No, no, no. 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 Donut Age right now? Uh-huh. Rockefeller? Yeah. Carnegie? Yeah, I remember that. That's what I taught me a lot. <laughs> I might be Golden Age. I remember. I paid attention. I don't know. I remember. What a surprise. Wow. All right, Coach Ward, any closing remarks? No. No? <laughs> I've dropped all the knowledge I have, guys. Awesome. I feel smarter. You should. <laughs> I do. Well, thank you, Coach Ward, for joining us on this great episode, too. I had a lot of fun. Sam? You had a lot of fun. Coach Ward, do you have fun? Oh, I had a great time. I was, I was afraid you guys were going to reschedule it again, though. So. <laughs> that was great. I'm just, I'm, I'm just happy I'm able to fit into your schedule. You know, not to point fingers, not to like say who. It was I have an fault. explanation. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you were coaching I was too. Fine. I had the second game. I was. Cleared. That doesn't I, matter. It doesn't matter. It I wouldn't have okay. been done in time. Yeah. See, it didn't. It didn't. I hear a lot of excuses. It's I not just like excuses, me, Coach Ward. Results. It's not just me. I don't like excuses. I like results. Well, your results right here. That's a pretty good one. But, as Sam said last time, don't cry. <laughs> But it's time to say goodbye to Inside the Hive.